Okay, good evening, We are holding here at the sixth aspect, an area where the Chavazovas is teaching us how to have the property token. And we've left now Olam Haza and gone into the realm of Olam Habo. That's what the Chavazovas wants to teach us how we have to have token in Olam Habo. And really, it's a it gives us a little pause for reflection that we really always have to have in our, in our consciousness the idea of Olam Abba. Really, everything that we live for in this world is for Olam Abba. Some of the Rishonim learn that the whole judgment on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur is for Olam Abba. We always put such a focus and an emphasis on our coming year in terms of this world health and parnosa and success and etc etc but really the Rishayim speak out that the judgment is for Olam Habo that Tzadikim Gemurim and Echtamim and Echtamim La'alter L'chaim they judge that oh this is a person who's heading to Olam Habo he's a person who Hashem sees wants Olam Habo and then in order to get to Olam Habo certainly we need to have the opportunity to do mitzvahs so we need to have Olam Haza as well so, and then the Chavis says that once we have this concept of belief and the reward in Olam Abba, then the big question is, so then why did HaKadosh Baruch Hu not describe for us in great detail, and in no uncertain terms, what the Schar in Olam Abba is and tell us it? That's the question. Like we have very clearly in Olam Hazeh, in terms of of punishments, very clearly what the Averis for punishments uh, for Averis in this world, why don't we have a similar idea for what the reward is for Lamabo? So the Chavazvav is now going to present seven different reasons, as is his custom, that's the the, uh, the way of the Chavazvav to delineate things, to spread them out clearly. So he's going to give seven different reasons now why Hashem did not put into the Torah what the reward in Olam Abba is. Mayhem. One of the reasons is, Kitsura Sanefesh, Belade Aguf, Eni We don't have a concept, we don't have an inkling to what life is, what an experience is of an Eshama or a Nefesh, as he calls it, without a Guf. We are physical human beings, we live in a physical world, and our physical body encases a neshama, so the neshama is with us all the time. But the neshama, divested of this guf, separated from this guf, we have no idea what that's like. We have no idea what the concept of the pleasure that the neshama can experience without having any physical component to it. What the nefesh will delight, or what the nefesh will be pained with, we have no idea. So it's almost, as the Rambam tells us in the Pirisha Mishnah, it's like trying to describe what the reward in Olam Abba will be like. It's like trying to describe colors to a blind person, or beautiful music to a deaf mute. Impossible. It's impossible to describe it. It's not something they've ever, have ever experienced. So how are you going to say? What are you going to say? Well, it's not like that. It's not like this. But you can't describe it, what it's going to be like. So that's reason number one. 
Hashem didn't tell us what the reward will be like simply because we, it's, it's impossible for us to relate to it. What He does do is He gives us some sort of analogy to it. As the Rambam tells us in Hilchas Tshuva, Hilchas Tshuva Perechess, in Allah Vav, the Rambam says, after describing that all the reward is going to be in Eilam that this great reward that's going to be experienced by the Nefesh in Eilam there's no way in this world to grasp it or to comprehend what this ultimate good will be like. For the very fact, because all we know of is physical pleasures, things that we desire. But you should know that that goodness, that reward, that ultimate goodness is just overwhelmingly great and it just can't be compared to anything. There's no, there's nothing in our senses that we have nowadays to relate to that reward. So simply put, Hashem could have told us what it's like, but we would have no way to understand it, what it's like to be in that world. But the Rambam says, be assured by some of the great people in history of how they longed and desired for the, for the reward of Malababa. And he gives an example, I just will say this halakha too in Baruches Halakha Zayin. is because it's something that we're saying now twice daily in Elul. The capital of Zion in Tehillim, one of the psukim we say is, the second to last Pasuk. What do those words mean? What, are this, what does that Pasuk mean? What did David HaMelech mean when he said that Pasuk? Had I not believed that I would see the goodness of Hashem in the land of eternal life. So the Gemara in Brokhas tells us what he meant. David Amalek says, I know and I believe firmly that there is a reward in the next world. But halavai, the Gemara says, Luli means halavai, if only that I know for sure that I will be able to get that reward and experience that wonderful and ultimate experience of goodness. Lule amanti, if only that I could have the amuna, I could have such belief and trust and know for sure that I too will be lirais betuv Hashem, I too will be able to see and bask in that goodness, Beretz Chaim. So you see how much the Rambam says, V'kama kama David How much did he long and desire to get to that time of that ultimate reward? He didn't want to rush it, he didn't want to get there quickly, but he wanted to be assured. Lule, halavai, if it only was, hamadi. That it would have such a muna and such faith that I would know for sure that I would be able to see this goodness. And the Rambam says, since we can't know it, so we can only describe it metaphorically. We can describe it in terms of wonderful uh, palatial existence and tremendous su'udas g'daylais, wonderful feasts, because that's something that we can relate to. But it's only a marshal. It's only a marshal because there's no eating, there's no sleeping, there's no drinking in Elam Abba. But just to be able to at least relate to something glorious that we are waiting for, that's what Elam Abba is. Now we continue. Hashem did disclose to certain people. 
And as there were select individuals that even in this world were able to comprehend the reward in the next world. This Yeshua is not Yeshua Benun, written in Zechariah. This is Yeshua Koin Agodl, Yeshua Ben Yeshofet. The Yeshua was a Koin Godl, who was such a great tzaddik that a Kodesh was able to tell him, I will give you to be amongst those who walk, amongst those who stand. That's referring to Malochim. Malochim stand in their existence and they never falter, they never get less. Malochim never go down in Madregas. The truth is they also don't go up in Madregas. That's what the Gemara says, that Tzadikim are greater than Malochim. Really, the Tzadik is greater than an angel because an angel, as great as he is, as it, as it is, and as great as its comprehension of the Shechina that he's able to experience, but yet can never go higher than that. Never can go lower than that. A tzaddik has the ability to soar even higher than that. But the the existence and the experience that angels have is certainly surpasses that of human beings. So therefore, Yeshua the Kohen God was told by Hashem, you're able to, he had a vision of this, you're able to understand this, you're a person who can understand it even in this world. I'm going to give you this reward, Yeshua, of the Mahalchim, those who walk amongst the angels. But even you, Yeshua, you're not going to experience this while you're still attached to your guf. Oh no, it's going to be posthumously, after you die. This is going to be something after you decease. That indeed your soul will then become similar to that of a malach. How? In terms of its fineness, its refinement, when it's stripped away from the gufa. Once it's separated from anything physical, then it can soar to great heights. That's only someone who did purify it and made it so brilliant Someone like Yeshua Kohen Gadol was able to be told this because indeed his nefesh was so pure that it had reached such a height that when it is stripped away from the guf, it's able to then be like the experience of Malachim. So that's reason number one. Very simple. It's not something that we could understand or comprehend or relate to in this world. And therefore Hashem didn't tell us what the reward is. But we have that faith indeed, like Dovar HaMelech, because it's going to be all the goodness that could be described in this world and pack it all together, all the goodness that every single person who ever walked this earth experienced, and even that doesn't come yet to a moment of as the Mishnah Mesechtas Avos tells us. That really, the reward for the Olam or the punishment in the afterlife, is really It's really given over, and someone is given over, someone is described. It's not in the Torah, which then you have to decipher it yourself, but the Nevi'im, the Prophets, do give us over in the Messiah. We do have it a Kabbalah transmission of this to the common folk. And the wise men 
the Tamil Chachamim, they could get it with their own intellect, see it in the secrets of the words of the Torah. And they can then discover it beneath the, uh, in between the lines. Like many interpretations of the mitzvahs, the obligations we have only come from the Chachamim deciphering the words of the Torah and understanding what the so Hashem didn't write it in clear, detailed terms because Hashem relied on it, the transmission of it from mouth to mouth in the oral tradition. These are the first two reasons already given from Chavis Habavis. Let's do one more reason. And the third reason is the Om, meaning the nation that left Mitzrayim, that were going to be the first original recipients of the Torah. And we would expect that if the ultimate of this world is for the purpose for the next world, so to describe what the reward of the next world is, Hashem. No, because that first generation were menasichlus, they were foolish or simple. It's not something that they will be able to understand from what's hidden in the Torah. So, so therefore, Kodesh Baruch Hu saw fit to deal with them like a to deal with them in a way of a, a father who was understanding about what his children need and how to behave with his children. Albanei Akadon and his young son, when he wants to reprimand him, in a gentle way, slowly, like we see, Hashem describes us as young children, Kinar Yisrael, Klal Yisrael was this young lad, and I loved it, I loved Klal Yisrael, I loved them like a loving father. The father who wants to encourage his son to be able to become proficient and wise in the various chokhmas and to know great heights. But at that young age, the child doesn't understand, doesn't appreciate what it means to be so wise, so knowledgeable. But if you would tell the young child, listen, if you if you don't do take care of your studies uh, seriously, you should tolerate it and you should put an extra time in studying. You don't understand how wise you'll be and how much knowledge you'll have. But the young child wants to go play around. He's not interested in hitting the books. So they wouldn't be able to have the patience for it. wouldn't listen to the father. Because he can't really understand it. It doesn't speak to him. But if you offer him incentives, what he could what's parallel to him. Oh, you offer incentives which indeed is sweet to his to his tongue. I'll buy you a new a new article of clothing. I'll buy you good food. I'll give you a candy. Or my kervis. No, I'll buy you a new uh, a new uh, bike. Things like that. That sort. Oh, if you give him things that he could have immediate gratification. That's something here and now. Something he can relate to. Or 
He says, if you don't keep to your studies, you don't do the quota that you have to, you'll be punished immediately. Rav, I'll take away your snacks. Ve'erim, take away your clothing. The Kosovova says, Umalkus, you get a spanking. Vadeimelem. Oh, that is already the child's language. Once you tell him things that he can understand and relate to, in other words, Hashem had to start off with Klau Yisrael through this, he has decided with all of us on a very simple level and give us things that are relatable to us. And once we know that there are these promises, punishments, the warnings, and the incentives that will motivate a person to do what he has to, then once he gets older, the again v'kasha yegiyeli me'abachrus. Once he gets already older, v'yezach sichloi, and his mind is more mature, yovin oinian amuchuvalov b'mosor v'yachavidov. Then he'll understand. Let me do it for the right reasons. It's this whole concept of b'teich shaloi l'shma bolishma. Really, the Rambam says we do this with children. You give them small incentives. They get older. You give them bigger incentives for for a. A high, a, a, a child of, of its age, and that's how you have to do it, and that's what Hashem is doing with us as well. Then then he's not going to do so only just for the incentives and the reward that he was promised, but he'll do so because he starts enjoying the learning, such enjoying the mitzvahs, does so for the right reasons of the reward in the next world. And Hashem only did this just to have pity on us and do this in a loving father, the way he would be mechanic and educate and incentivize and encourage his child in his learning. We conclude, Hashem gave us this promise that you're going to get reward. Things that are right now. And the truth is, from an educational standpoint with children, you can't give them things, reward, that are too far away. And uh, if they're too far away... The, the, the child can't relate to it. They have to be small rewards and it has to be for immediate giving. It has to be immediate gratification. If you do this, tomorrow you get a reward. The end of the week you'll get a reward. You say, oh, you know what? In six months, we'll, we'll give you something big that's too far for a small child's mind to know. So that's what Hashem says. Oh, if you do the mitzvahs, you'll get reward right now, here and now in this world. Oh, that we can relate to already. And then slowly after we develop the taste for the mitzvahs in this world, and we see the real reasons to do it, then we could be patient and ready for the ultimate reward. To give them also the reward of that world, they're not going to be able to relate. A similar idea of why we can't relate to HaKadosh Baruch Hu in His essence, so we give Hakshama, we, 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 we somehow give physical descriptions to Hashem. Hashem sees us, Hashem hears, Hashem has nachas from us. This is just l'saber esoizen. It's just for us to be able to relate to how HaKadosh Baruch will behave with us in a way of Midah Kenek and It's not in the reality of it. Good, we'll hold it here. We did the first three. Amir Hashem, the next one is a monumental Chiddush that the Chavis of Avos tells us about a tremendous idea. Mitzvah Shem will see that in the coming year.